Behind the leaders that help to shape our lives. Behind the scenes stories of the struggles, the victories, the fears, and the sin. Beyond Sunday Morning, Beyond the Pulpit. Today on Beyond the Pulpit, we speak with Terrence King, campus pastor at Cornerstone University and chief servant officer of Kingdom Ministries. Sometimes we do complicate our calling. Yeah. Right? It is simple if we would just simply follow the scripture, but walking that out is something that we make a little more complicated than we need to because we are influenced by a world culture and a worldview that we often get sucked into. And if we get sucked into that, then we're getting pulled away from the simplicity of just coming together and doing life as brothers and sisters regard regardless of what our race or ethnicity is. Beyond the Pulpit. I got to tell you, Terrence, it really is an honor and a pleasure to have you uh, to have you here with us today. But Tom, thank you so much. It's an honor for me to be here. I appreciate the, the invitation to come and talk about a, uh, a needful topic. It is a needful topic. And, uh, you know, as, as we look at where we are in the culture today, I think if you ask anybody, I think top of mind is is the uh, the racial divide that, that we continue to see in America. Um, we as Christians have an interesting outlook on that, though, don't we? Because Jesus calls us to be, to be one in Christ, to be one body. Um, but as we look at, at the divide that continues in our nation, uh, how, do, how do we navigate those waters? What does that look like? You have uh, an interesting, and, and I think one of the best, outlooks on that as a as a black man uh, in America and in the church um, we'll get into that more in just a minute but first I just I just want to let you introduce yourself and uh, if you could tell us a little bit about uh, about your tenure as a pastor uh, where you've been able to to reach and speak to people and, and and where you are today where God has brought you through the years yeah thank you uh, for that time well for about uh, 30 years plus I've been able to minister the Word of God uh, an interesting journey uh, toward pastoring and I would add overseeing a ministry and I'll explain that in a bit um, Again, 30 years, starting off just as a Bible teacher in Sunday school, mm. uh, was acknowledged by, to have a, a passion for the Word of God and saw the difference it was making in my life and my family life and just thought, wow, everyone needs to have this kind of direction and setting for life. Uh, progressively uh, became the director of Christian education at the small church uh, that I was at. From there, um, I began uh, a track toward the diaconate to become a deacon. Yeah. Um, became an ordained deacon, but God wasn't done with me yet. So he <laughs> <laughs> continued from there. And uh, because of the passion for him and for his word, I became a licensed minister in and then became an ordained elder in the church. And this was a non-denominational church at the time. Sure. However, my experience uh, has brought me from Seventh-day Adventists mm -hmm. to Baptists mm -hmm. to Pentecostal. Wow. And then non-denominational. So okay. I've done a little it's been a religious journey. tour. Yeah, oh, that's lovely. I, I, think, I think that would give you a, a better outlook on, on the different uh, denominations and, and the different people that make up the body of Christ. I've got a similar background myself. I was raised 
Catholic and uh, then then became non-denominational, then Pentecostal and back to non-denominational. So it's it's funny uh, where God brings us and, and, and how we got to where we are. But it, I, th- I think he uses all that, doesn't he, to, to yeah. help us to speak to people and be, like Paul said, all things to all people. Absolutely. It does broaden the perspective. And yeah. I think it gives us an openness to God in ways where we meet other image bearers that mm-hmm. are created in his likeness and image in ways that we can kind of accept where they are yeah. as they accept where we are. But it has that wonderful dynamic of diversity, biblical diversity mm-hmm. in the way that I believe God wants it to be. And you talk about diversity. Um, I, I think as God has brought you on this journey in the beginning, would you say that, that you you maybe were a pastor more in an urban setting and, and now God has brought you to to a place where you're, you're probably speaking to people who, who maybe have a, a more suburban background? Would, would that be the case? Would yeah, you say? you're exactly right, Tom. Um, probably my practical training sure. had, was done within an urban setting. Yeah. Um, And as God would progress me um, in making connections, establishing a network with other ministers and pastors throughout time, I would be invited to come to a diversity of churches. Sure. Because of our backgrounds or in my background, I was invited to Seventh-day Adventist churches. I was invited to Presbyterian churches. I was invited to Methodist. And of course... Uh, within the religious variances there, you know, Baptist, Pentecostal, non-denomination, which, by the way, is what we are now at Kingdom yeah. Ministries. We're a non-denominational ministry. Uh, but that did afford me to uh, experience uh, a different cultural setting when you talk about urban to suburban uh, and even some rural cases. You know, across those those different settings, have, have you noticed a difference in, in the approach to, uh, first of all, religion and, and how we accept Christ, but also the approach that, that, that you have had to take to speak to different races, uh, different peoples? What does that look like, and, and how has God helped you to navigate those waters successfully? That's a great question. Um, when I think about that, I, I think about, first of all, what the Scripture says in Matthew 24, 14, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, then the end will come. That has to be the anchor in which we approach things, regardless Mm. of someone's race or ethnicity. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're trying to get across. Now, in doing that, we have to look at a contextual and a cultural hermeneutic. In other words, the context from which a given community would understand the presentation of the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, As I would preach and teach, of course, the examples and illustrations that I give have to be relevant and germane to the community in which I am preaching the message to. Um, We know the hermeneutic, the interpretation of the Word of God in and of itself is going to be directed and derived from the cultural context in which the Scripture was written. But how we make that practical to a different audience is a matter, again, of that cultural hermeneutic. I mean, have you, have you looking at, at, at your tenure as a pastor, have you received any kickback from, from people when, when you try to uh, preach to them about, about unity in the church, about being sensitive to each other's cultures? What does that look like? I mean, has it, has it been difficult for you to, to reach people on that level? It, I won't say that it's been necessarily difficult to reach people uh, on the level 
it probably has been more difficult to have people walk through the process that it takes in order to have some real unity in the Christian church. I mean, it's base level. I mean, it, it's not just like, okay, uh, here we are, we're united now. Uh, there, there, there is a respect that you have to have for each other's cultures first. I, I, th- I think that there, there, there's a dialogue that has to happen. There, there's an understanding. It's not, it's not an overnight process. Like you said, it, it's reaching the peoples and, and coming together. But like the Bible says, it's from glory to glory. It's not an overnight thing. Um, you know, for someone who, who, who wants to, to, to reach across that aisle, to, to forge better relationships, uh, you know, as, as a white man, I want, I want to forge a better relationship with the black community. How can I do that? How can I do that respectfully? How can, how can I do that in a way uh, that, that respects your culture and vice versa? How can, how can, how can you uh, do that in a way that, 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 that respects my culture? And, and I, I know that this is a very, uh, it's like a tinderbox this topic because um, there has been so much strife over the years and and I think if we're doing what we're supposed to do as the body of Christ it's got to be done in a way that's respectful that's loving that's caring um, but is also understanding the history that that we have gone through uh, as a people and and, and the pain and and the circumstance and all of that that has happened over the years And, and, and how can we do that without disrespecting one another? Yeah, well, great question, and I appreciate your, your bringing it to us. You reminded me of uh, pastor and theologian Dr. Erwin Entz. Sure. We've had him come to Cornerstone University, in fact. It, he writes this book about the beautiful community. Okay. Um, I'm familiar with this. Yeah. Right. And so Dr. Entz helps, I think, set uh, the framework for us toward unity in the church. Sure. Uh, in the sense that he's using the Trinity in their relationship mm. as the foundation from which we need to operate in order to establish unity within the church. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has this beautiful relationship one with another. Yeah. They're distinct they're unique as persons but yet in essence they're one yeah that's the beautiful community the beautiful christian community that he sets the framework for that i believe is consistent with scripture and consistent with an approach that we can take to begin Mm -hmm. walking this walk of unity as it is biblically mandated essentially for us to walk in are we making it too difficult because i know when we look to the trinity Faith comes into that, that approach right out of the gate. This, this unity in the body, are, are we setting up too many walls? Are we setting up too many standards? Or do we need to walk that, that path slowly and lightly? Yeah, I, you make a great point, Tom. I'll frame it this way. Sometimes we do complicate our calling. Yeah. Right. It is simple if we would just simply follow the scripture. Sure. Uh, in Galatians 3 and 28, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, bond or free, sure. male or female. Right. That's really simple in, from a biblical perspective. But walking that out is something that we make a little more complicated than we need to because we are influenced by a world culture and a worldview that 
we often get sucked into. And if we get sucked into that, then we're getting pulled away from the simplicity of just coming together and doing life as brothers and sisters, regardless of what our race or ethnicity is. Now, at the same time, I want to be clear that as image bearers Mm -hmm. and God in his wisdom, and his infinite love for us creates us in this cadre of color, cadre of spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and talents <laughs> and the way that we live, yeah. never to divide us, right. but always to develop us in ways that we can show the reflection of God in the sense that we are fulfilling the divine mandate, right, to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth with all that is God, but the diversity of God in who we are as his people. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, when you look at the rich history of us as a people and where God has brought us, I mean, you look back to the Tower of Babel, you look at how he separated the languages, and you look at Jesus Christ, this new life, this new hope, Mm -hmm. and it really really is an image of of where God brought us. There was division. It was done on purpose, but now now he's bringing us together. And and I I think that if we really realize that that storyline I I think we can say, God is going to be with me in this. I'm not doing this alone. This is his purpose for my life. This is his purpose for his body. This is his purpose for for people as a whole. And I I think that knowing that 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 is his purpose, I think that's a a wonderful backbone to that that process, isn't it? It is. You're exactly right. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, the Tower of Babel in in Genesis uh, chapter 11. Um, because uh, we know the story there, right? Yeah. Come together mm-hmm. uh, and they having one language yeah. and one purpose begin to build a tower mm-hmm. to get to heaven. God himself comes down and says, hey, let's take a look at this. Yeah. And even makes the statement, these people with this one language being on one accord, nothing will be impossible to them. Right. So let's go and scatter them. Mm-hmm. And here's why God scattered them. Not because they had a different language. They all spoke the same language. Mm-hmm. They were all one people. Mm-hmm. He didn't scatter them because of that. In fact, he didn't rebuke them be for their methods. Mm-hmm. The challenge was their motive. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to, by man's ability, to get to God. Yeah. Rather than allowing God and His way to get to them, and that they would fulfill the divine mandate. Right. Right. God's plan was always to spread His image around the world. Mm. This group at the Tower of Babel was trying to just keep it in, in one place. So he scattered it and had everything to do with fulfilling his divine mandate. Beautiful. And, and how do we live out that mandate? How do we live out that that purpose that, that God has for us? Yeah, I, I take a page from, from Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, chapter six, who's in captivity in Babylon. Daniel knew the truth of a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, He no doubt, like many other uh, Jewish kids, Israelites were taught the Hebrew Shema uh, to love God with everything and to teach about the scripture to our families, to our children, and particularly when you rise up, when you lie down, it was embedded in him. Right. And, and I think we can say from an evangelical perspective that we have a lot of word in us, <laughs> right? We, we know yeah. what the scriptures say about it, Sure. but there seems to be a distance between what we know mm. and what we do. Right. Right. I, I think it's safe to say that 
we probably know more word than we actually live. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's the, the idea of now taking in these critical areas of race, mm-hmm. um, culture, ethnicity, instead of allowing it to divide us, to embrace the purpose of God in us, in it, which is to develop us. It's to drive us to a realization that God loves everyone. In fact, Tom, you know this well, the Bible ends as it begins, mm-hmm. right? There are going to be every nation, every tongue, mm-hmm. every tribe. We're all going to be celebrating together. Well, if we know it's going to end that way, and it was certainly God's intent and plan at the beginning, right? then we need to embrace in the middle, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this whole redemptive state and place that we live in, to redeem all of the purposes of God. And that means to come together, uh, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, come together and worship the true and living God in ways that we can see him through our culture uh, in wonderful and vibrant ways. That's lovely. That's lovely. It really is. Um, and I hear you saying that that, that unity in Christ, um, there being no Jew, no Greek, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we that we erase our cultures. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that, that we, that we put that down. That's part of who we are, right? Exactly right. But it's, it's realizing how can I embrace my culture in Christ and, and how, how, how do we do that? How, I mean, cause I, I feel like sometimes, you know, there's this desire to, to just shed off everything and, 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 and start fresh blank slate. I have to let go of, of all that I am and be this brand new thing. But, you know, speaking uh, to to someone, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're Asian, how can how can we be this new creation, but still embrace who we are, who our grandparents were, who our great grandparents were? Because I think that's so important to to embrace our culture. Uh, I think to, to not do that is to forget uh, where we've come from. And I think that's, that's so important too, but it, it se- they seem sometimes like they're not parallel. How can, how can they live together and live together successfully? Yeah. Great question. Um, and I completely agree with you and let's take, take Jesus as the model here. Yeah. Right. Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. Uh, Jesus did not abdicate his culture although he lived in the space of a Jew. Uh, But when he was among other ethnicities and cultures, he didn't come to erase those ethnicities and cultures. What he came to do was to co-opt them with the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I think if we start with the kingdom, Mm -hmm. then we'll get to the place we need to get. I'm I'm mindful of uh, Dr. Tony Evans. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of this. He's called the kingdom theology. Okay. Right. Um, This whole idea behind the kingdom theology with him is that we have to start in the, with the context of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The kingdom should trump everything. I love that. Right? So with that, here's how I begin to move. Um, for example, if I needed to use your ethnicity to identify you in a conversation uh, that I was having with someone else, I wouldn't say my white brother Tom. Right. Because that's putting your culture above who you are mm. in terms of our relationship as a brother. Yeah. I would prefer to say my brother Tom. Yeah. 
And if I need to say it, who's white? Yeah, yeah. Right? You see, we're, we're, we need to make sure that our mindset is following my brother who's in the kingdom with mm, me. Mm-hmm. And his culture is not dismissed. That's important because I get to learn things from Tom's culture and ex- cultural experiences that I wouldn't know because I haven't lived it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But what it's saying is he's my brother first. Yeah. And then his culture helps to enhance our relationship, mm. not to detract from it. Wow, that's lovely. <laughs> it really is about sharing uh, and caring, not to not to sound like we're in kindergarten, but I mean, it, 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 it is, it is. When it comes down to it, uh, sharing, like you said, the, the unity that we have in Christ and caring for one another and who we are uh, together as a people. And, and I, I think I think it really is a lot easier uh, than, than we're making it. We're in a we're in a really uh, politically charged season. Um, and I know, I know that a lot of, uh, division has come because of that. I, I have a relationship with my father that's strained right now. He hasn't talked to me for two and a half years because of how I vote. Um, and I don't vote for a man. I I vote for my, my principles. Um, but because of, of, of those divides and and our, our disagreements, we haven't spoken for two and a half years. It's been difficult. Um, how do how do we get beyond that? Because I, 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 I look at, I look at America today, and I feel like so much of, of of our faith has been has been kind of integrated with with uh, nationalism, and I, I think that's a really dangerous slant um, because I, I think there is a lot of racism that's involved in nationalism. How, how can we be strong Christians voting our conscience? but still be together. I, I, and I hope you don't mind me going off on a tangent here. I just no, think, I think it's something that's so top of mind for a lot of people today. I think it's a question that, that a lot of people have because I think there's a lot of, a lot of division there. Maybe you've got a, a, yeah, an Tom, answer. Tom, thank you. First of all, I, my heart goes out to you and that's your okay. father and the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, certainly, um, we wish and pray that there's some reconciliation there. But I'll key in on that word reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earlier, I mentioned uh, Dr. Tony Evans, and I'll get the term right now. It's kingdom race theology. Okay, okay. Um, And with this kingdom race theology, it comes with some presuppositions. One, that God wants his people to be reconciled to him, Mm -hmm. and God wants his people to be reconciled to one another. Sure. The redemptive work that Christ does on the cross gives us the opportunity and way to do that. What that does is it sets us up to have the priority of God, the priority of loving him and loving people mm-hmm. in ways that he's commanded us to, to do, and that everything else becomes secondary. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, less if not important at all. Mm-hmm. And so what that does is it loosens us up in ways that we can appreciate each other's ethnic uniqueness Mm -hmm. as we together operate under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because if we say that Jesus is Lord, then he's Lord over my issues or differences that turn into disputes or difficulties with my brother or sister. Our differences there, Tom, are not to divide us. Mm. Our differences there are there to develop us so that we can see more of Christ in one another. Now, what does that look like? How do we walk that out? Because, right? I mean, that, that kind of flips the script on what we 
would think it would be because differences divide, of course, right? That's that's what the world would tell us, <laughs> you know, because we're different. We're not the same. And that that is that is a dividing point. How do I say our, our differences are going to are going to make us stronger? I mean, how does how does that happen? Yeah. Well, the openness in recognizing that God has planted and placed something in each of us mm-hmm. that's unique to us. Yeah. While we come together in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we, if we look at First Corinthians chapter twelve, when it talks about the diversity in the body mm-hmm. and the various parts that are in the body, mm-hmm. well, it's a wonderful picture of how we are to be within relationally with one another. Yeah. Right. Uh, if if the foot is having an issue, then then the body responds to the foot. I mean, even biologically speaking, right. whatever place in our body that's injured, the rest of our body kind of comes to the aid of that place. Mm-hmm. And then when the body part is rejoicing, yeah. the rest of the body should join in in rejoicing. And that doesn't, it doesn't matter what the hue of that body is. It is that it is part of the body that makes all of the difference. That's great. Now, what what does matter is that because of the hue, we can relate to each other differently, Mm -hmm. but appreciate the value that we bring to each other as a part of the body of Christ. I hope I wasn't mixing metaphors. No, no, I I know. I get it totally. That makes a lot of sense. And I think if we're being honest with one another and have an open dialogue, uh, I, I can I can treasure uh, those differences that that we might have in our backgrounds in our cultures. Sure. Uh, if we're really stepping forward with the right heart, that's something that's going to pique my interest all the more, and and I, I'm going to want to delve into that. You know, Invi- invite me into that. Tell me, right. tell me, tell me how I can celebrate that with you. Right. Initially, it will seem foreign. Yeah. Yeah. And we tend to just not embrace as quickly. Or even look kind of side-eyed, as some of the young folks would say these yeah, days, yeah, yeah. for something that's Daughter different that from some time. person. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's different from us. Um, but just being open to the possibility that there is something of value there. It mm-hmm. actually is, yeah. but being open as an individual. Uh, one of the things that is so interesting to me, and this is an old quote from Dr. Martin Luther King, that the most segregated time mm-hmm. in the American culture and even church is at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, mm. uh, which is a huge statement. That was said over 60 years ago. Yeah. And I think we can still say that it rings true today. Do you, do you think we've made progress over the years? I mean, do you think there has been progress or or has has it have we stepped backwards? Yeah, I think in some areas there's been progress. Mm-hmm. In other areas, that we may have stepped backwards. Mm-hmm. When we look at the political climate, as yeah, you absolutely. pointed out earlier, and the division that is happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom, I'll have to say this is that I think much of what is allowed in the political arena and mm-hmm. where the division is is because the church hasn't gotten it right. Yeah. And we're allowing not only it to happen in that way in political areas and social areas, but we're allowing that influence to impact us more mm. than we're impacting the culture and world around us. Yeah. One of the ways that I do see it advancing, Tom, is um, I've got wonderful friends and pastors who are white, mm-hmm. who are Hispanic. Sure. And we do a bit of pulpit exchange. Okay. 
I'll go over, they'll invite me to preach there, and I'll yeah. invite them to come to preach to our ministry family. It's one family, mm -hmm. uh, but they come over and they're ex experiencing uh, someone who's preaching the unadulterated word of God from a different cultural context. Yeah. Now, um, I don't cold switch when I go. In other words, I talk like I talk. Yeah. I have... Uh, would one uh, English professor share with me before? She said, you've got multiple discourse. <laughs> You're able to talk among various ethnic groups, uh, different generations, uh, to communicate in a way uh, that is effective and to help them understand things, in my case, particularly the Word of God. And thank God for any ability that I have to do that. It all comes from Him. Yeah. But my point is this. Uh, that I'm not trying to be anything other than what God has created me. And I wouldn't expect anyone else to be any different sure. because that then demonstrates the value of God and the oneness that we have in him. If I try to be something that I'm not, it's a disservice to the people. And it really is an insult to God because yeah. I'm telling him, I don't appreciate how you created me to make a contribution to the world. And I think people see through that too, don't they? I mean, I, th I think it's pretty clear uh, yeah. when, and I, it, it's not necessarily always from the wrong heart. It, it, sometimes it comes from a place where I, I want you to relate to me and I want to be able to relate to you. Um, but, but I think there's a comfort in knowing who you are and there's a confidence in that. And I, I mean, that's God's work, isn't it? It's, it's working out your salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord, being comfortable with, with sure. who God has made you to be and the gifts and the talents he's given you. Yeah. And when we can stand confidently in that, we can, we can really um, portray who we are to others and share the gospel from, from, from a, a pure and uh, unadulterated heart. Yeah, you know, you mentioned about being comfortable. You reminded me of the phrase, becoming comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And I just thought about this. Yes, we should do that, but don't get too comfortable because we're not gonna be in them very long. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we'll be in a skin and a hue and a glorified body in ways that, uh, you know, the glorification process when we're with our Lord and Savior yeah. Jesus Christ and our Almighty God. But we can really have, I believe, Tom, a little taste of heaven on earth. Mm. It does take um, being a deviant protagonist, if you will, the idea of pushing back against what culture is trying to dictate to the church and resisting that as Daniel did while he was in Babylon and mm -hmm. not bowing down to any other God aside, aside from the true and living God. Daniel mm -hmm. was a deviant protagonist. Mm -hmm. He stayed true to God, even in the foreign land right. where God was raising him up. And the more God raised him, the more pressure he got right. to the point where the leaders at that time had it in for him and had him thrown into the lion's den. Mm -hmm. But not only was Daniel a deviant protagonist, he was a devoted petitioner. He stayed before God in prayer, which is what he was caught doing that got him cast into the lion's den. Yeah. And as we, like Daniel, remain being a devoted petitioner before him, God not only uh, helped others around me, but helped me see others around me that of a different culture, a different race, a different ethnicity in ways where I can see your beauty in them. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate you coming here today and uh, sharing your insight and your experience 
uh, to speak to us about the importance of, of unity in the body. If there's one more thing that you wanted to share today, um, one more point that you wanted to touch on, what would it be? Yeah, thanks, Tom, for asking. I think it would be this, is it takes a lot of faith and reliance upon God to bridge racial and cultural divides. Yeah. It cannot be done without God, but why would we ever want to? Mm. I've been involved in some racial reconciliation conversations. In fact, there's a whole movement of racial reparations done by the Presbyterian Church that I've been involved in. In fact, they've done uh, an open apology three times for the sin of racism and its aftermath. Hmm. I've been a part of those kinds of meetings and conversations. And Tom, I can tell you that there are some people who, like yourself, who are very serious about living this beautiful community in ways that we believe God has ordained for us to live it. It takes a lot of courage to do that. Uh, It takes a lot of commitment to do that. Thank God that we're able in some circles to exchange pulpits, but we also need to serve together. And when we go out and serve the brokenhearted, when we go out and serve the hungry, Mm -hmm. when we go out and serve those who are homeless, the most needy in our communities, and we're doing that, they don't care what color we are. You're right. They don't care what our race is. Mm. They just care that the love of God is coming through us to serve the need that they have. And if they see us doing that together, Mm -hmm. black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever hue our great God was wise enough to create us in, Mm. then they can see the beauty of God in all that we do for his glory and for their good. Yeah, really be in the hands and feet, right? That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, pleasure to have you with us today. Uh, Terrence King, campus pastor at Cornerstone University, my brother in Christ. Amen. God bless you today. You as well. Thanks for having me, Tom. God bless you as well. Since the recording of this podcast, Terrence King has moved on from his position at Cornerstone University to pursue God's calling to work full-time for Kingdom Ministries, where he continues to bring unity to the body and share the goodness of God's grace in his Son, Jesus Christ. Beyond the Pulpit, Beyond Sunday Morning, behind-the-scenes stories of the struggles, the victories, the fears, and the sin. Behind the leaders that help to shape our lives. This podcast and its content are designed and intended to provide a place for conversation. Topics and advice covered in this podcast should not be taken as professional medical advice or emotional or spiritual counsel. If you or a loved one needs professional help, they should seek a licensed professional. The views covered and discussed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of WCSG Radio or Cornerstone University. Ideas presented are not necessarily endorsed by WCSG Radio or Cornerstone University.